Good morning, class. Hi, I'm Keith Moore, and we welcome you to Faith School. Faith School is the place where we come together and we get our spirit fed, we get our faith uh, nourished and begins to grow and develop, and we learn how to be disciples of the Master, learning to be and act just like Jesus did. He pleased the Father completely every day and night of his life and all of his ministry, showing us how to do it. And so we are uh, disciples, we are learners of the Master, believing we can develop and be like him, pray like him, confess like him, live like him, overcome like him, and he did it all by faith. We saved you a seat here, right up in the front. Get your Bible, get your notepad, come on in, and let's pray and believe God for hearing from heaven right now today. Father, in Jesus' name, all of us, all over the world, we come together asking you for utterance, asking you for the anointing, for the instruction of your Holy Spirit, for answers and direction. And we purpose to put it into practice. We give you the glory for it. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you, Lord. Get your textbook out. Let's go to 2 Corinthians, the fourth chapter again. All this week, we've been studying on this passage and on these great truths. 2 Corinthians, fourth chapter, and the 13th verse. 2 Corinthians 4, 13. He said, We having the same spirit of faith, according as it is written, I believed, and therefore have I spoken, we also believe and therefore speak. Faith involves more than believing. We studied in Romans 10, uh, he said it three times in verse 8, verse 9, verse 10, he mentioned repeatedly that you believe in your heart and you say with your mouth. You believe in your heart, you confess or say with your mouth. You believe in your heart, you say with your mouth, telling us this is how you get saved. This is how we became born again. And it's not just how you're born again, it's how we're to function and operate every day from then on in every way. The just shall live by faith, the just shall walk by faith. James said faith without doing something, faith without any action is dead. Dead faith gets no answers, gets no results. So faith is more than silently believing. Faith is believing in the heart and it is expressing that belief by acting on it and the number one action uh, is the words, the confession of your mouth. Uh, look with me again to Mark, the 11th chapter. We saw this on yesterday. Jesus, if you read this entire 11th chapter, he and the disciples came by this fig tree that he saw, that he then spoke to and, and said, no man eat fruit of you hereafter forever. He's not praying. He's not talking to the disciples. He's talking to it, to the tree. The disciples heard him. He said it out loud. Then some 24 hours later or so, them coming back by that tree, Peter noticed it and remarked, and they, they were marveling and said, Lord, look at that tree that you spoke to just hours ago. It has 
shriveled up from the roots. Now, this is so foreign <laughs> to so many church-going people, they look at it like some kind of magic spell or some fantasy imaginary thing. No, no. This really happened. He didn't touch it. He didn't cut it. He didn't poison it. <laughs> what did he do? His words. He spoke to it. And it changed something physical, and it did it within hours. And it started in the realm you couldn't see from the roots until it affected the whole thing. And so many would see that and then say, well, okay, yeah, but that's Jesus. You know, he's, he's the Son of God. He, he can do stuff like that. Well, that's implying he's functioning as God when he walked the earth. And if you're with us previously, we went over scriptures. We've talked about this. That's not what he's doing. And it's obvious because in Matthew 21, he told him, and in Mark 11 here, you could not only do what I did to the fig tree, but if you had faith and wouldn't doubt, you could say to this mountain, you, you could speak to bigger things and it would work for you like it worked for me. Look in Mark 11, please, again. Verse 22, Mark 11, 22, and I'm reading the Dewey translation. Jesus answered and said to them, have the faith of God. He's saying to them, have faith, exercise faith like I did. Verse 23, Amen, I say to you that whosoever shall say to this mountain, Be thou removed and be cast into the sea and shall not stagger in his heart, but believe that whatsoever he says shall be done, it shall be done unto him. So as we mentioned yesterday, some have taken a part of this verse or a phrase here and there and separated it from the other and tried to make the, the master say something he didn't say. He didn't say, you'll have everything you believe. Nor did he say, you'll have everything you say. What did he say? If you will speak to what it is you want changed. And what's the next part? If you won't doubt, and I read the Dewey because that word doubt is the same word translated stagger or waver in other places in the, in the New Testament. So he's saying, if you'll speak, but not waver about what you're saying. Uh, we read, and I'll just repeat it real quickly, but we read in Romans 4, Abraham staggered not at the promise of God through unbelief, but was strong in faith, giving glory to God and being fully persuaded that what he had promised he is able to perform. That's the same word translated staggered that Jesus used here that's in the Greek there. Don't stagger. James asked in faith, he said, nothing wavering. Now in Hebrews 10.23, if you want to look at that, Hebrews 10.23 says the same thing. And again, it's the same word used in Mark eleven twenty three. 23. Hebrews 10, 23, let us hold fast the profession or confession of our faith, what? Without wavering. 
That's the same word. Jesus, King James said, doubt. Don't doubt. Don't waver. For he's faithful that promised. As I mentioned yesterday in class, faith is being sure. You can't be in faith if you're not sure. Being, not being sure describes wavering. What is wavering? Well, I'm going to speak to this. What's going to happen? I don't know. Uh, maybe it will. Maybe it won't. Then I'll tell you what's going to happen. <laughs> Nothing. There's no power in your words. And that should be obvious, but um, many, and, and this is, this is a, a tricky thing the enemy's done in the church, many have attached this faith-destroying phrase to every prayer and everything they do, if it be thy will. If it be thy will. It sounds good. It sounds like you're being submissive to God and submissive to the will of God. But what it reveals is you don't know the will of God. And if is the badge of wavering. To say if reveals you are not convinced. You are not convinced of his will. You don't know his will. So you can't speak faith-filled words. And you can't pray a prayer of faith without knowing his will and without being sure. Look in Hebrews 11, please. We've looked at this, the first verse, Hebrews 11 and 1 tells us what faith is. Now faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. That's the King James. Listen to the NIV. If we could find the NIV and put it up. And the NIV is not alone in this translation. Also, the CEV, the NCV, the NET, the TEV. I mean, a bunch of different translations come to, came to the same conclusion. The NIV says, now faith is being sure. Did you hear that? Faith is being sure. The NIV said it. The complete English, New Century, New English, today's English version, and others. Now faith is being sure of what we hope for and certain of what we do not see. Why don't you say that out loud with me, class? Faith, faith. is being sure. Faith, faith is being certain. Do you hear that? Faith is being sure of what we hope for, what we expect. Faith is being certain of what we do not see. This, this certainty, this being sure, eliminates the staggering. It, it eliminates the wavering. Jesus said, you have faith in God. And if you'll have faith and not doubt, you can, what I did with that fig tree, you can do it too. You can even do it with bigger things, big as a mountain. But what did he say had to happen? You got to say it, but that's not all. You must not waver in your heart 
about what you're saying. Can you say, here's where the work has to be done? Come on, can you see this? He didn't just say, everything comes out of your mouth will come to pass. I started to say that'd be nice, but if you say a bunch of bad stuff, it'd be bad. So, <laughs> now there's some safeties built in here that you won't be able to abuse it. Uh, how can I get rid of the uncertainty? Thank God we got a book. Thank God we got the Holy Spirit. You've got to keep putting His Word in you until you stop asking questions and you stop wondering. And you stop wavering. I know with my own self, Phyllis and I, for the past 35 years, pursuing this walk of faith, there's been area after area that maybe you grew up believing differently than what the Bible said. Well, then when you read what the Bible said, you think, yeah, but, but what we were always thought. Yeah, but what the Bible says. Yeah, but what Grandpa and Grandma always said. Yeah, but what our... Pastor said growing up, yeah, but my denomination, yeah, but yeah, but what the Bible says, what am I doing? What am I doing? I, I'm here, I'm here. Can I pray a prayer of faith about that? I cannot. Can I say faith-filled words that'll change things in my life about that? I cannot. Because he said, you've got to say it and not waver in your heart. Not doubt, not stagger. This is the big thing. And that's, what's the solution? There, thank God there's a solution. Class, I'm seeing class look at me going, ooh, I don't know. <laughs> I can see you looking at me. Uh, so I'm going to talk to you right here. There's a solution. The Word of God can rid you of this uncertainty. There's some things in my life now after years, I no longer question the will of God. I am fully persuaded it's God's will for me to be healed. I am fully persuaded it's God's will for our bills to be paid and our needs to be met. I am fully persuaded we're supposed to have peace of mind and joy in our hearts. We're supposed to be, be victorious. I am. I'm not wondering about it. I'm not wavering about it. Didn't get there overnight on these things. But you kept. if you listen to the wrong thing, and you listen to the right thing, and you give them equal time, what are you doing? You're like a pendulum. You're Right? And, and James says, a double-minded man is unstable in all his ways, and don't think that you'll receive anything. I don't like that. I don't want to be the one that don't receive anything. I want to receive everything. Come on, class. You want to receive everything? Then we've got to get rid of the wavering. We've got to get rid of this, if it, is it God's will? Is it not God's will? God wants us to know His will. Let me read you some scriptures. He wants us to know His will. In uh, Romans, the 12th chapter and the second verse, Romans 12, 2, it said, Be not conformed to this world but be transformed by the renewing of your mind that you may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. Does God want us to know His will? He tells us, you don't be conformed to the world, be transformed by the renewing of your mind so that you can prove what's the will of God. He wants us to know His will. Listen to Colossians 1.9. Colossians. 
1.9. He said, For this cause we also, since the day we heard it, do not cease to pray for you and to desire that you might be filled with the knowledge of His will in all wisdom and spiritual understanding. Does God want us to know His will? He taught us to pray. He taught us to not be conformed, but be transformed so we could discern what's the good and acceptable and perfect will of God. He told us to pray, to be filled with the knowledge of His will in all wisdom and spiritual understanding. Said out loud, God wants me to know His will. If He wants us to know His will, can we know His will? We can. In, uh, in Ephesians 5, this is especially instructive and enlightening here. Ephesians 5 and 17. Ephesians 5, 17, he said, Wherefore, be ye not unwise, but understanding what the will of the Lord is. Did he tell us, find out my will. Don't be foolish. Don't bump along and don't know the will of God. Find out the will of God. Know the will of God. Uh, be transformed until you can discern and tell what's the good and acceptable and perfect will of God. Be filled with the knowledge of God's will in all wisdom and spiritual understanding. See, the enemy has lied to church-going people that they can't understand the Bible, that the will of God is so above us and so mysterious that nobody can really know, and that it just shows good consecration and humility to pray everything and say, well, if it be thy will, if it be thy will. No, you can't be in faith and still be questioning the will of God. This is where the problem comes in. And now you hear some people say, well, yeah, but now Jesus prayed, if it be thy will. He sure did. But he wasn't praying for healing when he prayed that. He wasn't praying about salvation when he prayed that. There are different kinds of prayer. And in the garden, when Jesus prayed, not my will, but thy will be done, listen to what he said before that. Father, if it's possible, if, if, if it's possible, let this cup pass from me. Nevertheless, not my will, but your will be done. Is Jesus praying to change things? Is he releasing his faith to change it? No, he is not. If he did, he wouldn't have gone to the cross. We wouldn't be saved. He wouldn't pray in a prayer to change something. He was consecrating himself to the will of God. If, if it's possible. Remember, he's functioning as a man. For instance, when he went to Lazarus' tomb, did he pray with an, if it be thy will? <laughs> did he? Did he look up and say, Father, if it be thy will... No, no. He looked up and said, Father, I know you hear me. I thank you that you always hear me. And next thing you know, he turns over and says, Lazarus, come out of there. There's no ifs. There's no wavering. Can you see this? There's no wondering. We don't do this concerning people being born again. 
If somebody comes and says, you know, I'm lost. I'm, I, I know I'm not right with God. I don't know the Lord. Would you pray with me? Do we say, well, if it's God's will, <laughs> yeah, I'll pray with you. Lord, save them if it be your will. Lord, let them be born again if it be. You don't pray that way. Why? Because you know it's God's will for them to be born again. You know it's not his will that any should perish. And that's why so many people so quickly and easily get born again because they actually pray in faith, not questioning the will of God. And the same thing has to happen in every other area of life. You can't say, Lord, well, heal me if it be thy will. There's no faith in that. No, you're not ready to pray. You've got to find out what the will of God is. Come on, let me read the scripture to you again. Ephesians 5, 17. What did he say? Don't be unwise. Don't be foolish. But understanding what the will of the Lord is. Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the anointed word of the Lord. Why? Why? Because when you're hearing what he's telling you, you're finding out his will. And when you get fully established and persuaded of that, wavering's gone. Questioning's gone. Now, you can pray. Remember what he said? If we ask anything according to his will, he hears us. And if we know that he hears us, we know that we have the petition that we desired of him. Man, that's getting results. But can you see, you had to know it was his will. How did you find out that it was his will? You find out, number one, through the textbook through the written, anointed Word of God, and also the author of the book lives inside you. And when it comes to specific things in life, you might not be able to find a verse about which car you should buy, but you can find verses that tell you that God wants you to have all your needs met and even good desires fulfilled, and the Spirit of God will help you to lead you to the right one for the right deal. And if you'll keep praying about it, keep seeking the Lord, you can get to the point where you got a knowing. You're no longer questioning. You're no longer wondering. Maybe so, maybe not. If it's maybe so, maybe not, there'll be no faith in the prayer. There'll be no faith in the words. There'll be no results. But you can get to the place. When you, when you don't know, when you're not sure, you're not ready to act. You're not ready to move. Just keep seeking God until you know. And when something's God... The more you pray about it, the more you search the scriptures on it, the more you see. And it just gets stronger and stronger in you. And if you'll stay with him and keep, uh, keep, keep seeking his will about it, keep seeking his word about it, you'll get to the place where you get settled and you know that you know this is what he said. This is what his will is. This is what he's showing us. This is right now. No wavering. No wondering, no what if, no what about. When you got that, you are believing in your heart. You're not wavering in your heart. And when you speak words out of that kind of heart, they have weight. They have impact. They have power. And when you loose it or you bind it on the earth, 
the high priest and apostle of your confession will back it from heaven. That's when miracles happen. That's when amazing things transpire in the earth. Hallelujah. Somebody said out loud, I'm a faith child of a faith God. We don't have to wonder. We don't have to go through life oblivious of God's will. He's an intelligent being. How many believe he's an intelligent being? Can he communicate to you? Are you an intelligent being? The answer is yes. <laughs> You're an intelligent being. Intelligent beings can communicate, right? If you've got a friend, you've got a spouse, you've got a family member, can you talk to them and find out what their will is? <laughs> huh? You like Coke or you like Kool-Aid? Why don't you just ask them? Why don't y'all talk, right? And let them reveal their will to you. Then you can pour that Kool-Aid confidently, <laughs> knowing, not wavering and wondering that that's what they want, that that's what they'll enjoy. Our Father God communicates with us and we can know what His will is from His Word, from His Spirit, and begin to walk in a realm of confidence and assurance that fills our words and our prayers and our actions that allows God to manifest Himself in the earth and see amazing things happen. Can you say amen, class? Amen. Well, that's it again today for our faith school time. Uh, go back and, and get the previous lessons and join us again on our next faith school because we're not done. We're just getting started. We're coming up higher and higher and higher. Said out loud, I live by faith. I walk by faith. I overcome this world by faith. I'm strong in faith, giving glory to God. Hello, friends. Really enjoyed being in faith school with you this whole week. I uh, want to encourage you that we have a lot of previous lessons that came before this week and uh, that they are available to you. You can access them by the information on your screen there. It won't cost you anything. And also on our website, there are thousands of hours of instruction and ministry on numerous different subjects. It won't cost you anything. The reason it won't cost you anything is because the Lord, through our faithful Word Sender partners, are, are you know, support this ministry and sow into these things so we can send it out. If you'd like to become a Word Sender partner, you can. Uh, you can also join. We're not asking for anything. It's an opportunity. If this has been valuable to you and you want to help send it to somebody else, look at the information on your screen, find out more about it, and we'd uh, receive you into this family of partnership uh, gladly. And we're going to say there's a lot more to come. Join us next time on Faith School. We're going to rise up stronger in God.